0: If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. Walt Disney was a dreamer and a doer, a man who cared about the world and its problems. Let's have some fun creating the future, shall we? Nemo, where are you, son? <laughs> Nemo? Oh, no, not again! That means you recruits! Now move it! W-D-W Radio, your information station. Hello and welcome to the W-D-W Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 97 for the week of December 14th, 2008. This week, we're going to explore in detail not one but two of Walt Disney World's most well-themed resorts as we take an in-depth look at Disney's Port Orleans Riverside and French Quarter Resorts. Joining me from merry old England is Andre Willie, creator of one of the most in-depth online resources about the resorts. Together, we'll discover and help you learn more about not just the rooms, amenities, and ways to get the most out of your time there, but the incredibly detailed, imagineered backstory an interesting history of these properties. It's a fun, informative look at two resorts that offer two unique experiences and lots of wonderful time outside the parks. I'll play some more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. One of the most wonderful things about Walt Disney World are the almost limitless choices it presents to you, What, whether it's what to ride or what to eat, and obviously that didn't take long to start getting to food, and of course, where to stay. And over the years, Walt Disney World has grown from two luxury hotels into a true resort destination with something for every taste and every budget. And they really created and defined what themed resorts are today, having pioneered that model beginning with their designs in the late 60s. And now today, we have about two dozen resorts to choose from, from the sophisticated elegance of the Grand Floridian to the whimsical fun and charm of Pop Century and everything in between. And the variety of resorts afford people not only the ability to choose based on price and value, but theme as well. And two of the very best themed resorts, and often values, are actually sister resorts, as they both operate under... The Port Orleans name. And of course, I'm talking about Disney's Port Orleans Riverside and French Quarter Resorts. And today we're going to explore their history, their services, their amenities, their rooms, their benefits, and so much more, including some tips and tricks on how to get the best experience out of your stay there. And joining me this me this week from across the pond, as they say, thank God for great technology, is Andre Willie. He is the creator of portorleans.org, an unofficial website dedicated to what I have to believe is his favorite resort on property, which is why I invited him to come on. That, plus I think his English accent is just very cool. So, Andre, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Lou. <laughs> Glad to be here.
0: So, okay, Andre, tell us a little bit where you're from. Obviously, your accent is not from um, South Jersey anywhere.
1: No, no, it's, uh, it's as you say, other side of the pond. Um, I come from uh, uh, England. <laughs> um been a disney world visitor for ooh, many years 1989 i think was the first time that we we went over there um as with all of us fell in love with the place and have uh, been going back ever since so uh, i uh, very quickly fell in love with dixie landings as it was then the uh, uh, the original name for the uh, uh, portleyan's riverside resort and uh, we've been staying there since 1995 um pretty much every year since then um Obviously coming from the other side of the uh, the ocean it's more of an annual trip rather than uh, the uh, weekly research trip which, uh, <laughs> which you might be able to make. Um, don't get the luxury of that. Um, but as I said we, uh, we get over there about once a year um, and uh, I ended up as again as as we all seem to uh, spending so much time on the forums answering questions about what your favorite elements of disney are and and about the portolians resorts that i ended up uh, thinking i really need to put all this lot down into into a website uh, as a you know a res- resource for, to answer all these these regular questions so that's where uh, the idea for uh, org came from and, um, yeah, it's, the feedback seems to have been pretty good so far. People seem to think it's uh, it serves its purpose. So hopefully there's some uh, some folks out there find it useful.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I have to say it, it's beyond sort of just a, a fan website. It's sort of what I think now is sort of the de facto resource for anything about Port Orleans. And we're going to cover a lot of things that you have on that site there um, as well. And, and when we're done with the segment, I definitely recommend... That people go and, and check it out because it's a beautiful site. It, there's a lot to it um, and very, very deep as far as information is concerned. But, you know, let, let's talk about Port Orleans. I, I think you're going to agree with me that it's one of my favorite resorts, not just in the moderate category, but I think certainly, certainly definitely the best of, of the moderates, in my opinion. But I think it's one of the best resorts on property. And we're going to talk a little bit later on about the resort itself and the rooms and the theming and maybe why we like it best, but I wanted to start off with a little bit of the history of the resort because I think it has a very interesting background. It started off as one, then two, then two, that was one, then changed its name, and there, there's a lot to it, um, and it really sort of starts with the opening of Disney's Port Orleans Resort, that was its name, when it opened uh, on May 17th, 1991.
1: Mm, that's right. The The resort, um, although has always run as, as a combined entity. The first segment of it that opened is the the Portolien's section, which uh, is a section we now know as uh, a as French Quarter. Um, as you say, it opened in, in May 91 um, with just uh, three buildings initially, which they quickly ramped up to the seven buildings that uh, that we know now. And as a, as a moderate resort, it's relatively small. There's just over 1,000 rooms, um, which uh, compared to the, the other moderates is, is half the size, to be honest. Um, and fairly soon after the, the opening of that section, a little bit further down the um, the Sassagoula River, which is the, uh, the the man-made river that Disney put in to link between the um, Disney Village area um, and the, the new resort complexes. Um, further along that river, we, we had Dixie Landings Resort, which was uh, twice the size um, of the original uh, Orleans Resort. Um, it runs to uh, 2,048 rooms. Um, but that was split, in, again, into two sections. Um, the Alligator Bayou section, um, which was actually the first part to be completed, and the Magnolia Bend section, which uh, uh, came uh, a few months later. Um, roughly equal sizes, and each of each of those sections is the same size as the original Portolean's resort. Um, and very different feel to them. The the Alligator Bayou section is this kind of... Um, out in the... the, the Backwater bayous in the marsh areas, um, the swamps, um, and the Magnolia Bend is is the uh, the Deep South mansion buildings, uh, the um, uh, and a, you know quite different feel, but set in the same era um, as far as the you know the, the timing of the, uh, um, the the history and story of the resort.
0: Right, and and like you said, like we'll touch on a little bit later. I think that you really get almost three different experiences depending on where you stay at Port Orleans, whether it's French Quarter, Alligator Bayou or Magnolia Bend, but you you hinted to story, and I talk about on the show all the time, how everything has a story, and not just an attraction or its queue, but restaurants and shows and probably restrooms do. And believe it or not, what a lot of people, I think, don't realize, Andre, is that Port Orleans has a very, very detailed and deep and long story that goes with it, and one that attaches itself sort of to... French Quarter, obviously, Port Orleans first, and then over to Dixie Landings. Tell us a little bit about some of that that backstory.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most of the backstory that, that I've um, sort of picked up from from researching it re- revolves around the Dixie Landings uh, portion of the resort. Um, basically, the the whole concept is that the the, the French Quarter portion, which is the original Portoleans portion. Um, it's it complicated when you start talking about the original <laughs> names and the new names, um, but the the town of Orleans, um was set up first, and there were two brothers who lived there in the, the early 1800s. Um, these brothers were Everett um, and Jonathan Colby, who was uh, also known as Colonel JC. It wasn't a, a, a real military name. He sort of picked it up as a nickname. And um, these two brothers um were living in the portalians area which was on the uh the Sasagula river which um out of interest the Sasagula River is named after the Mississippi it's actually the the original Native American uh, term for Mississippi River so along the Sasagula River anyway Everett at peace uh, one of the two brothers um, left in uh, according to the backstory, in, in 1835 and he moved up the river and settled on a, a small island that he'd found building himself a, um, a secluded cabin um, where he uh, intended to get away from the uh, the, 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 the busy town life and um, the cabin that he built um, is now the Muddy Rivers uh, Pool Bar, which is the area on the uh, Old Man Island in uh, Port Riverside, as we now know it, um, where the bar section is next to the pool. Um, so, alongside this story, we have Colonel JC. Um, he uh, moved into a similar area but by that time his brother had uh, moved away and nobody knew where he was living. So in uh, 1852 uh, Colonel J.C. completed his uh, his mansion building his Arcadian house which was um, named after his ancestors who came from Nova Scotia um, which is also known as Acadia which is where the term came from and also where the term uh, Cajun um, derives in fact. Um, so following on from that um, the Colonel then uh, set up his business uh, operating in the area so um, he set up uh, a cotton mill, um, working working the area, uh, producing cotton, um, and that's the area that we now see as the, the riverside mill. Um, all tying in around that, the riverboat started to ply the waters of the river. The Dixie Queen Riverboat uh, came along in uh, 1855, um, and that was uh, transporting people up and down the river, bringing prosperity to the uh, the Dixie Landings uh, area. Um the riverboat, unfortunately, uh, didn't last too long. It was struck by lightning, um, and the, the remaining timbers um, from the, the half of the riverboat which survived were then used to build the uh, boatwright's uh, shipyard by uh, a gentleman called uh, Henry Lemarin. Um All sorts of other people are tied in with the story, and there's a lot more detail to this uh, on the website, but uh, to avoid this becoming a a three-hour show... um,
0: (laughs) Why should this week (laughs) be any different than every other week?
1: (laughs) (laughs) As I said, if you you go through the whole detail, there's an entire newspaper full of it, Um, but... um, 1855 again, we have uh, General George Fulton who bought some land uh, from the colonel um, to, to open up a store in the area because it was becoming more prosperous, um, which is the store that we see um, at Riverside, the Fulton's general store. And uh, his uh, wife, um, Amelia, um, set up the bar in uh, in the area for all the, uh, the workers to go and uh, drink when they uh, were finished working. And that's the uh, the, what was called the Cotton Co-op Bar um, which is now the bar that we see in the main building at uh, Port Orleans Riverside. Um, the rights uh, we mentioned earlier, Henry Le Marin opened a boat building yard in uh, 1877 for, for boat construction in the area. Um, again, interesting sort of detailing. If you look at the rights restaurant um, from the outside, from the dock area at, uh, at the resort as it stands now, you can see the Um, way that the architecture has been designed there's a large door which is on metal rails at the top which looks like it should be able to slide open to get the boats out from the uh, construction yard and even the the dock side there has a has a drop bridge which they would be lowering to get the boats down onto the water so every little detail has been followed through right right down as I said to the runner rails at the top of these these massive doors that would have would have let the uh, the boats through um Tying in alongside this, um, obviously people were starting to move into the area. So each of the mansion buildings in the uh, the Magnolia Bend area has its own backstory. Um, Briefly, uh, we've already heard about the Acadia house, Acadian house which was was built by the colonel. Magnolia Terrace was the next one, which was uh, constructed by uh, Buford Honeyworth III, um, who married the colonel's daughter, uh, Sarah, and they built their building, uh, their, their mansion, near to the, uh, uh, the colonel's house. Um, another resident in the area, Tanner Franklin, um, moved into the area. He set up Oak Manor. He actually was Dixie Landing's first mayor and later became uh, the, uh, the senator for the area. And the last of the uh, the mansion buildings part air place, um, Edward Barron and his wife, Betsy, who was a, a city girl who uh, who brought the uh, the city life to the area and made the place uh, very much her own, according to this uh, this backstory and alongside all of this, um, they then were building bridges between the different areas and constructing uh, all the other little bits and pieces that you see, like the um, uh, the uh, lodges that were in the, magno- uh, the alligator bayou section um, and even those as you look at them there are three distinct construction styles which were um, meant to represent the various different eras and the building materials that were available to the workers as they were putting these these houses together um, uh, in the um, alligator bayou section. Um, Briefly, then back with the uh, the the two brothers. Um, they finally were reunited. Um, they were reunited because uh, there was a um, there's sculpture that the um, the brother the, uh, on the island Everett um, used to make. He, he gave to children who came over to the island who played in the uh, the, the, the water hole that he got there, and uh, the, which of course became the swimming pool. Um, and this got back to uh, um, to J.C., Colonel J.C., and he noticed the inscriptions on it and realised that this was uh, this was his brother. So they were reunited, and the whole story came came back full circle. And the bridges were built over to uh, to Old Man Island, and uh, everybody got reunited. And uh, that's in a nutshell <laughs> the, the background story to to the um, original concept of the resort it's changed somewhat over the years particularly with the uh, the change in naming uh, a lot of the backstory detail has been sort of reduced in importance um and some of the, the names that um, that were in place uh, have been changed such as the the references to the american deep south um the cotton trade um disney obviously had their concerns um, about some of the implications that were uh, were there um so references to the cotton co-op bar um for example Um, is no longer referred to in the same way and the the cotton mill is now the riverside mill so it's changed slightly but that that story is still there and the the way that everything was put together you can trace back to this, uh, this original story
0: and this is just one of the things that I find so interesting and so fascinating and this is why nobody does it like Disney does because they built like you said such an intricate backstory and again I'll refer people over to your site where they can read through exactly uh, how the story sort of plays out in even more detail. And there's, you know, sketches and images and photos that they created to make this sort of, you know, reality to associate itself. And again, like I said, we've seen it with attractions. You can understand it. But to build something so detailed into a resort, you know, you almost would say, you know, why would they do it? But, you know, especially since I think, Andre, most guests never realize it because the only place that you can really sort of see the story told to you was in the old Sasagula times uh, and now you, mm. know, you kind of have to look carefully and everything sort of has like we always say there's a meaning and there's a reason and there's a story behind that every little detail that you see.
1: Indeed, yeah. Um, as you say, Disney... Disney do this so much with the um, the theme parks and the uh, and the attractions. We've heard with with Everest and so on the more recent constructions. The amount of background story that's been put into this, but it, you know it, it goes back to to the resorts. There, the, as, as you've done other resorts as well. Wilderness Lodge, for example, has this fabulous backstory to it. Um, and it it brings a you know a, just another level that you can enjoy um, the resort on. You can go in, you can stay in the room, you can go to the park, you can go home. Um, but behind that, all these little details like why it's a cotton mill, why there's a water wheel outside, why the Old Man Island is called Old Man Island, yeah, you know, all these little details um, that that uh, the. the <laughs> on Old Man Island, the the, the water features are a, a sort of an aqueduct that runs across the the, the top, and the water pours down from it. That you know when you're swimming in the pool, you can swim underneath it. But this was part of the um, um, Everett pieces uh, when he was a recluse. His his water system it was it was filling up his water butt to uh, um, to you know keep his, his uh, fresh water in. Um, so all of this this uh, this detailing, um, everything has a purpose. It none of it is there just for you know, for random effect. There's a whole story to it. And it's, uh, it's, it makes, as you say, it makes the difference between something that Disney does and something that a, another theme park would do.
0: Right. And, and, and you know what? If we were to end this segment right here, I would hope that people would be intrigued enough, especially if they like Port Orleans, that they should go and they should take the time to wander the grounds and explore and try and pick out some of these details, whether it be on Old, Old Man Island, or back in the main building or over at the River Roost because now you'll be able to start picking up some of these other details and the significance and and maybe that light will go on and say, okay, now I see why this is there. This is why it looks the way it does uh, and really hopes to make you appreciate uh, the resort so much more. But uh, let's talk, you talked a little bit about the names changing and and some of the other storylines changing and that sort of ties into a physical change that kind of took place in the resort as well, because in March, or on actually March 1st of 2001, Dixie Landings and Port Orleans went through a bit of a transformation themselves. They were combined uh, sort of in name uh, into one large resort. You saw it starting to take place uh, in road signage, uh, and then officially on April 1st, they've merged to become the Port Orleans resort resort with French Quarter and Riverside. And, And maybe we should talk a little about maybe why it happened uh, and and what that meant sort of to guests. Uh, Disney really never made the reasons clear. Uh, they did actually send out letters to guests in February 2001 explaining that there was going to be a change in name, not really the reason why. When you were talking about the story, there were dates associated with it um, in the mid-1850s, obviously right before the Civil War, um, during the days of slavery, and I think that's... Um, some of the reason, like you said, like the Cotton Co-op was named and it was renamed. Um, the Colonel's Cotton Mill was renamed. Now it's called the Riverside Mill. Uh, some of those other changes took place. What about as far as the resorts themselves? What, what kind of changes maybe would guests have seen from you know, 2000 to 2001?
1: I think in practical terms, um, the changes were actually relatively transparent to guests. Unless the guests had gone and were, were fascinated by this this whole backstory, you would find if you had visited a few years before, you would have received, as you said, the Sassagula Times newspaper, which would have had pages and pages of this backstory. As time went on and we got towards the millennium and beyond, um, this became a smaller and smaller publication, down from a, an eight-page tabloid newspaper down to a, a simple fold-open two-sheet um, a document giving you the useful information you need to stay at the resort. You know where the food court is and what time it opens and all the other factual bits of information. So that kind of dwindled, um, and and there was much less emphasis placed on it. The the two resorts were always. Um, run under a common management um, so even when they opened because they're physically so close to each other it's, it's literally a 10 minute walk from one food court door to the other food court door um, although they appear to be quite separate uh, again they uh, brilliance of Disney's theming is that you can have these two things which which seem completely uh, separate identities but but which are, are right on the doorstep of each other. And as I said, we're we're operated under a common management structure. So when they then merged the um, the naming together so that from the guests' point of view, these two resorts were both now known as Portaleans, Portalean's French Quarter, Portaleans Riverside. I think the the main difference is is it did introduce certainly to start with an element of confusion because and again, we know the reason why they wanted to do it, which was to remove the Dixie Landings, the pre-Civil War, the slavery aspects, all of that that um, element, which which wasn't really fitting in with, with the way that Disney obviously wanted to do business. But why they decided to run them under the joint name of Port um, nobody that I'm aware of has ever come up with with an explanation for why they didn't simply rename Dixie Landings to. Another name, um, and still operate them as separate entities. As far as your check-in is concerned, as far as booking, as far as everything to do with uh, with the the guest experience, you deal with the two resorts as separate entities: separate check-in desks, separate bell services, separate uh, car parks, separate entrances. Um, so guests treat them as se- separate entities, but with this this same name linking the two of them. So it did introduce an element of confusion, but um, you know. As the backstory became less important and dwindled, um, I, I think they just became sort of two sides of the same coin, if you like, by the uh, um, by, uh, by the end of the operation.
0: Right. And the other thing that we lost too, and it, it's always sad to see a, you know a restaurant go away, but we lost mm. Bonfil meals, uh, which was over in French Quarter, which was the only table service restaurant there. Now, and when we talk about French Quarter next, we'll see that there's only a food court there. And that unfortunately went away in 2000, right before the, um, the merger took place. So really the only sit-down uh, place to eat in either of the two resorts, which I agree are still two very distinct resort destinations, um, is over in, in Riverside. Yeah. Um,
1: because they're so close, it's not, it's not a big issue as far as um, guests getting to a full uh, table service restaurant. But it is still a 10-minute walk to a different resort, and it's the only moderate now that doesn't have um, a table service uh, restaurant. And again, because Riverside is so much bigger, um, there are a number of other features of French Quarter, which you would expect perhaps to find at a, um, a moderate standard resort, which you have to go over to Riverside. Um, Boat rental, for example, is at the Riverside Marina that you'd go over to. And a number of the other um, uh, individual facilities that uh, you may want to use, you would go over to uh, to Riverside. French Quarter has a, a swimming pool with slide. It has a hot tub. It has um, all the, the normal bell services, food court and so on. But it, it doesn't have cycle rental, boat rental, um, doesn't have carriage rides, although they run through Port Orleans French Quarter, the the horse-drawn carriage ride that's run in the evenings is based at Riverside, so you have to go over to Riverside to pick up the carriage and then you take your, your ride from there. Riverside also has, because of its size, has a number of quiet pools, which again is a feature of um, uh, the other moderates, that there are quiet pools as well as the main pool. French Quarter, with its, uh, its much more compact design, doesn't have quiet pools. To be honest, it probably doesn't need them. Um, I, I've never heard people say that the the main pool is far too crowded because of it, because it is you know, a significantly smaller resort. And a lot of people enjoy that for it, because... Whilst you miss out on a few facilities, your walks to the food court are shorter, your walks to the bus stop are shorter, there are less crowds waiting for the bus. So, there's a lot of pluses to French Quarter, um, and it's a lot of people regard it as their favorite moderate for those reasons because it doesn't have the scale of the other moderates, which uh, can sometimes be, uh, you know, particularly during the busy times of year, you know, you can get very, very crowded. French Quarter doesn't tend to get that.
0: And that's part of the reasons why I love French Quarter so much. I think it's so quaint, it's so intimate, it's so beautifully themed inside and out. Uh, That's what makes it one of my favorite resorts. And the fact that it is so small is a big draw for me. I'm i happy that you pointed out some of the differences uh, in the amenities between Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Riverside. Um, But let's talk about French Quarter just a little bit. Like you said, there's about... A thousand rooms there. And let's talk a little bit about some of the detailing inside because one of the first things that you notice when you go into the registration lobby is it's called the Port Orleans Mint. And again, me being sort of the the detail and, and the geek that I am, I love the fact that it's sort of themed after sort of a commercial bank of the 1800s.
1: Yeah, in, indeed. As we said, the the original concept back back at the start of it was that uh, Portolians was the busy town, was the market uh, merchant town. So, a lot of the things that you see there um, are more oriented towards a more commercial centre. The buildings um, for for the accommodation are in. Uh, straight streets, uh, very much along the lines of New Orleans, is um, uh, French Quarter area, um, in much neater, uh, tidily constructed buildings, rather than the rambling alligator bayou that we we found over at um, the Dixie Landings Resort. Um, and this this whole concept um, was the difference, you know, between the two sections. One was meant to be the outpost, the the, 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 the less explored area, whereas French Quarter was the the bigger town like. Um, section uh, of the resort and as you say there's so much so much extra little details um, and fun stuff like um, I presume you know the behind the uh, the registration desk there are musical notes um, and those notes actually are the song when the saints go marching in um, so this. Again, you don't need to know that, but it just makes it that a little bit extra to your experience um, if you're aware of all these things that have been put into the background of the story.
0: Right, and then when you go, impress your family and friends and say, you know what that musical note behind the uh, behind the registration desk is?" And uh, <laughs> you'll either look at you and smile, or look at you and laugh, as people normally do when I say it to them. <laughs> but
1: uh, or look at you in despair. Yes. Right, so, you know, <laughs> and just, say only you would know yeah, that. Just go <laughs> ride
0: the ride. So I, I get that a lot, um, but. You mentioned sort of that, that kind of hub-and-spoke layout where the courtyard sort of serves as a central point about around which everything else emanates. Let's talk about some of or, or maybe our recommended rooms or, or things that people should look for if they're going to go there and want a specific type of room. I The buildings that I like most over at French Quarter would probably be five and two, respectively, and then I'd say three or four. And I, and I say five and two first because they are not only close to the main building but they're also the closest ones to the pool area and then mm. not very far away and even a little bit closer buildings four and three are closer to things like the food court um, and obviously you know dining is very important so it's yeah, it does come into it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm I say just, close I mean we're yeah. talking a matter of you know you're talking yards you're right yeah. 10 <laughs> yards 20 yards I mean the, 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 it's a very very compact very quaint uh, little area
1: I mean the, there are there seven um, buildings within uh, the the French Quarter section they've each got 144 rooms um, and it's, broad, it's it's split it into a north and south quarter um, the the southern area is buildings one two and three uh, with building one furthest away um, down on the riverside um, and the Building three is getting a little bit closer, perhaps more towards the car park section. And as you say, building two is right up close next to the swimming pool and the the, the facilities building. And then the north quarter is the other four buildings, um, and it kind of mirrors what we've we've seen in the south area. So building five next to the pool, some parts of it are facing out over to the river, so you can get some lovely views sort of out on the, the river views there. Um, building four, as you said, is is a it's quite a favourite of a lot of people because that that gives you the best of almost all options it's the closest to the bus stop um, it's close to the swimming pool it's definitely the closest as far as the food court and and shop and so on is concerned so that's a a, a real favourite um, and then six and seven, you go a little further out. Six sort of is kind of the equivalent of building one at the other end of the resort, and then seven is just one extra further on. And if you want a bit of peace and quiet and be away from the uh, uh, from the, the central hubbub, then, uh, then building seven would be the one to choose. But to be honest, both with French Quarter and Riverside, although these resorts have thousands of people staying there, I think you'll agree it never feels like it. Um, because of the way that it's constructed in these separate small clumps, um, any individual building is, has not got masses of people coming in and out of it. And you can step a few yards away from the, the main facilities buildings and feel that you know, you're in a, in, a, in a private little resort of 144 rooms. Right. Um, or in Riverside's case, you know even smaller, the, the, the alligator bio section is 64 rooms per building. Um, and it gives this, this lovely peaceful um, air to it, which perhaps you don't get from the deluxes, because they're, they're more centralized, and the, the buildings are, are, are uh, have all the rooms within one area, um, you tend to find that the lobby becomes congested as people are going in and out and through the lobby all the time. That doesn't happen um, with either with French Quarter or with Riverside.
0: Right, and with, you know, specifically I, I see and I sort of get that intimate feeling, believe it or not, when I'm in the main building, when, if you go to some place like the Scat Cat Club, or even the, the, the sasagula Floatworks, which is the food court, mm. it's relatively very small. So, look, like if you sit in the lounge like where there's where there's uh, jazz entertainment at night, you really get, I mean, it's very, very small, and I mean that sort of in a good way because it's not that sort of overcrowded. So if you want to kind of get away, just relax, sort of unwind, the Scat Cat Club is a great place at the end of the night. And, again, you are, are literally steps away from... Your room. Um, yeah. And yeah. Sassagull Floatworks and Food Factory. It is a food court. It's got a great sort of Mardi Gras theme. There's a lot of huge sort of uh, Mardi Gras parade float heads in there. Of course, it has the famous New Orleans beignets <laughs> translated. It's fried dough with powdered sugar. How could you possibly go wrong? You can't go wrong, <laughs> can you? All
1: you need is chocolate, and, and it would be perfect. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, as you say. It's regarded as one of the delicacies, and uh, everybody that goes to to French Quarter is uh, is required to uh, to try one of those. Um, and I think
0: it really you can have it for yeah. breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I don't think that there's really any sort of and restriction. Dinner. <laughs> What's this or? <all? laughs> But yeah, the the food
1: court is um, is much the same, I guess, in in most respects as the as the other food courts you see around the moderates. It's uh, it's laid out with a series of different serving hatches and so on, a bakery area, and and you know um, a section. Doing pizzas for example, and, and burgers and whatever, um, but um, there is as with all of them, a flavor to the resort, so you get the New Orleans concept and some of the, the, the flavoring of the food and uh, the choices that you get, but it's still basically a, 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 you pick it up from the counter, take it back to your, your, your table to eat um, with your bayonets, as you say <laughs>
0: so. right and you could I mean you can get some you know, let's just, let's be clear you can get some New Orleans style. Food as well. They do have jambalaya. Um, I think they have muffalata sandwiches there all the time too. Yeah. S- seafood creole, a lot of things like that. So you, they, they definitely sort of infuse that New Orleans Cajun flavor I- into the food. Indeed, yeah, yeah, very much
1: so. Um, but with um, you know, with with the, the, the as we said before, um, as far as Disney restaurants are concerned, that they don't push it too far. Um, you're not going to find it as an absolutely authentic New Orleans. Cuisine, it's going to be a Disney representation of it that will appeal to a, you know, a, a, a wider palate. So people don't need to be afraid that they're going to go in there and there's nothing that they'll they'll like to eat. There's plenty of options. Um, you can you can stick with your your a straightforward cheeseburger if you want to, or you can go for the more more varied options. Um, there is something for everyone.
0: Right. Although I would like to see um, some maybe some shrimp po'boys or you know a bucket of crawfish on the menu. It <laughs> would be nice. But- <laughs> But let's let's move over to um, to Riverside again. Very very take a little ten,
1: ten minute walk up the river. Exactly,
0: Here we are. A, if even ten minutes, a fast walk if you're really hungry. So <laughs> we're going away from the the Mardi Gras of, of New Orleans Square, which is the Jackson Square area to the Antebellum South along the Mississippi. It's a uh, it's a much larger resort, and again, you talked about the distinction between Alligator Bayou being a very sort of woodsy feel to the Magnolia Bend mansions and, and the stories behind that. Do you have a preference? Is there one that you like to stay in more than the other? It's, it divides
1: people, to be honest. Um, my own preference is, is Alligator Bayou. Um, it has the same kind of feel to it as somewhere like um, Wilderness Lodge, for example, mm-hmm. um, which is that little bit, um, as you say, in the bayou it, with twisty, turny uh, pathways and streams and uh, lush vegetation um, and these smaller buildings, uh, smaller, you know, in comparison. Right. They're still two 64 story. rooms. Well, right, well, uh, totally they're two-story buildings, no, no elevators. They're, they're much smaller buildings. Um, and even the interior of the rooms um, is themed in a more basic fashion uh, it's, it's sometimes it's a bit difficult to describe because the uh, the mansion buildings are just that they're, are, uh, they're designed to be uh, a bit posher basically they're, they have that song of the south mansion building sort of feel to them um, it could have come um, straight out of um... do you know why am I blanking on that film <laughs> yeah. Gone with the Wind <laughs> <laughs> if uh, it's not a
0: Disney movie I know you're like no, I don't no, even it's know what it is I can't make that
1: one yeah yeah um, so it has that, that kind of feel to it with, with manicured lawns and sweeping staircases and three storeys in the centre of the buildings and these, these um, uh, extension arms off to, to, to the sides of the buildings. They do have elevators there. They do, incidentally, at, um, at French Quarter as well because their buildings are three storey as well. Um, but it's, a, it's a quite a different feel. Um, and some people prefer that feel um, because the, the interior of the rooms when you go in there, um, everything is much more ornate and floral patterns and... um, designed to look like the rooms would be in a mansion building, as opposed to the the alligator bio, which, as I said, happens to be my preference, um, where the rooms have got this this backwater sort of feel to them. The the beds uh, are are carved. Um, In fact, they are actually carved out of um, solid... Uh, blocks of uh, uh, tree trunks and so on that, that, that make up the bedposts. The frames around the mirrors are all um, wood hewn as well. So you get this, this very, very different feel. The actual amenities, this is Disney, you know, are the same. You're going to have your two double uh, double beds, you're going to have two, two, uh, two, two wash sinks, you're going to have bath and shower, you're going to have television, you're going to have a fridge, you're going to have air conditioning. So the actual things that you will find within the rooms are the same. It's just the way that the decor and the design of them has been altered between the different uh, themed sections. Right. Um, I hear just as many people on the site who adore the mansion buildings, um, who prefer to stay there because of the feel um, of that that um, song of the South Gone With a Wind sort of feel to it. Um, and just as many people like the Alligator Bayou. The Alligator Bayou does have one other plus to it, I guess. Um, the It's the st- one that starts closest to the main food court, and one of the downsides with with Portland's um, Riverside is, as we said, it's big. Um, and if you get in one of the far flung buildings of Alligator Bayou, um, if you get in Building Twenty Four or Thirty Six, for example, these are a good good walk away from the main building. You could perhaps have a ten minute walk um, in the morning to go and get your breakfast, and then ten minutes back to your room again. So there is a downside to it but if you're staying in one of the buildings close to the the food court area location is perfect you've got a quiet pool next to you Um, the the woodsy feel to it is 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 fabulous the amount of um, wildlife that you get um, just in in the vegetation around is is fantastic thankfully few alligators um, (laughs) but uh, you do get um, you do get your bunny rabbits and frogs and lizards and all the other things sort of running around in the, the wildlife which is which is fantastic
0: Yeah, I I think I I definitely prefer Alligator Bayou. I like, again, that small, sort of more intimate feel. I do like Magnolia Bend. You know, you talk about walking, and because the buildings are very, very large, um, depending on where you are, you might be like a 20-minute walk from your car. (laughs) You know, if you're on the opposite side, if you have maybe a water view... um, it can be a bit of a, a long walk, and I only say that because I know at the end of the night, with the strollers and the diaper bags and the babies and the kids that are sleeping and the souvenirs, um, sometimes I'm like, you know what? For, I'll go. I'll forego the water view. Just get me close to the parking lot so I can mm. get back. Um,
1: I think the, the 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 walk is about twenty minutes at night. Right. With, with With kids, I think it's shorter during the day. But yeah, you're right. At, <laughs> exactly. at night, it's definitely twenty minutes. They they expand the resort at night. I think after you get back from the park. That's so.
0: right. <laughs> And for people, again, who are curious, maybe, you know, which ones, which buildings are closest to the pool areas, um, Alligator Bayou, buildings 27 or 38, Magnolia Terrace on the mansion side is definitely a quick walk over one of those bridges over to Old Man Island. If you want to be close to a bus stop, Alligator Bayou, buildings 14 or 15 right there, again, also closest to the food court um, and again, let's let's talk a little at the dining as long as we're back. Uh, back there. Listen, I have to. Oh, dining. Oh. Um, yeah, well, there, why not? There's a, there's a number of options over at um, at Riverside. There's obviously the River Roost Lounge, which is a, a great place. I love to go at the end of the night, even if I'm not staying there. And we've done a segment on the show before about Yeehaw Bob. Yeehaw Bob, yeah. He is reason enough to go and visit. Um, I think a, a wonderful evening. Is it going over, going to boat rights for dinner, hanging out, and going to the River Roos Lounge with your family? It is family-friendly show from Yeehaw Bob Jackson.
1: It, yeah, definitely. Um, it, people, as you say, will visit um, Riverside specifically uh, to go and see one of his shows, he, he uh, performs um, most uh, uh, nights. Uh, he, I think, it's Wednesday through to Saturday. Um, there is also a performance that we shouldn't leave out. French Quarter. Elliot, Elliot Dyson performs a jazz um, session same nights um, over at uh, French Quarter. Um, but uh, but Yeehaw Bob has uh, has got a reputation now um, nice. amongst the the internet community. He does this fabulous um piano uh comedy stick um act getting everybody joining in with him As you say it's very family friendly um it, it's don't people don't need to think of it as you know this is this is a bar that we're going into it's more of a lounge it's in a disney resort it's it's in part of the thoroughfare between the main um uh, lobby area and the restaurant section, so there is no problem at all in in taking the family there. And uh, and Bob will probably remember every single one of you as well. got mm-hmm. a fabulous memory for for all the people who he he, he talks to during his uh, during his act.
0: Absolutely, um, Riverside Mill is the food court. Um, a little bit, you know, relatively pedestrian. I think it's not even as as quote unquote exotic, maybe as the food court that you get over in French Quarter. Um, mm, yeah they do have you know pizza they have a create your own pasta station uh, a few other things but i think if you're going to be staying at riverside you can't recommend enough going to eat over in boat rights which like we said is the only table service restaurant of um, and even breakfast here i mean they even have uh, the food here at breakfast is french except, toast <laughs> well there you go you see that <laughs> and, you know for dinner you know jambalaya uh, you know you can't you can't beat that kind of stuff and i love boat rights and i've made specific trips over there just to eat <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> for, for breakfast
1: yeah. Um, again, the, the the boat rights area. It, it's set up as this this, this shipyard. You've got this half constructed um, massive ship that the uh, boat that wooden constructed boat that, that is the length of the whole restaurant uh, above everybody's heads. Around the walls, you've got all the tools hanging on the walls that would be from the uh, from the boat builders. Who it feels like they they they've just left and somebody set up a restaurant um, in this in this boatyard. Um, even your 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 condiments and your, in the center of the table are in a worker's toolbox. Um, fabulous um, uh, design and, and theming to tie in with the, the rest of the resort. And uh, I said, great, especially for breakfast. Um, you can get some wonderful choices. They, again, the website's got all the, the, the menu options, but um, I'm sure you can list them one by
0: one. <laughs> Let me just throw this out there for you. and just, just close your eyes, folks, unless you're driving and, and picture this. Banana stuffed French toast. With strawberry banana sauce, with your choice of bacon, sausage, or ham, I challenge you Tonga Toast with, with a banana-stuffed French toast from Boatwrights. It's exceptional.
1: Yeah, and you haven't even got any of this in front of you. This is from memory. <laughs> <That's right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, I'm going to refer people over to your site because look through the breakfast menu and all of a sudden you might not think I'm as crazy as, as you think I am for going over there just to have breakfast.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's great. As as you say the uh the food court is is fine for just a quick drop in and eat. Um it's it's big. Um you know we we we've been back to this this 2000 room resort. It it's got to be big. Um and it can get congested. Um and the food is is slightly more basic. Um but you've got plenty of options there. Um you've got some slightly cajun theme to it, but but it's more basic in in the food that it offers. But then as you say, Boat
0: rights. Um mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that you've done nothing but sit at Boat rights and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner there, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to go to the parks. And, Andre, you touched on a lot of the amenities that both the resorts have. There's something else that, that I think is just so nice and so quaint about this. You could just get a, a cane pole and go fishing over by Oof. Old Man Island. $4 for a half hour. You know, the whole family can do it. They even have a family package. You know, you want to talk about just a nice sort of afternoon to spend with people, uh, you know, spend with your family or friends, a nice kind of escape. I, I think that's just – it's some of those quaint things like that and the carriage rides that I love about these resorts.
1: Yeah. Um, again, they, they tie it partly in with the theming, but, but Riverside, I think, has probably got one of the, the widest selection, I guess, of uh, facilities. That um, you, You've got the, um, uh, the, the fishing hole. Um, which is is nothing, you know. In terms of Disney costings, it, it's nothing. You know, you can you can go and spend a few hours there with the kids, catch a few fish. It's uh, it's catch and release, um, so you're not going to be taking your, your your catch back to the restaurant to cook it that <laughs> evening. Um, but it's uh, it's it's something that has a little bit different, you know. you you get the people who go to Disney World and as far as they're concerned they're going to a theme park and they come out of the theme park and then that's that's the end of their day when you're staying at somewhere like uh, like Riverside there is so much more Um, you've got the 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 fishing you've got the uh, the campfire on, on Campfire on Dubai um, which is uh, it's seasonal it's during the winter months um, and it's Campfire you can sit around you can you know, roast roast your s'mores on it um, you know it, I hear stories um, being, being told by the cast members You've got uh, boat rental. You've got a whole variety of different types of boats. Now, again, you can rent boats at some of the other moderate resorts, but these boats you can take all the way down to Downtown Disney. You can you can go right down the river on the particularly on the the smaller ones. There are certain restrictions as to how far you can go with some of the boat types, but you can take the boat over to uh, Old Key West, for example. Um, you can take the boat down to Downtown Disney, um, and these are these are rentable by the half hour or by the hour. Um, again, not uh, not ludicrous pricing uh, by you know by the prices that you pay for some of the things in disney um you can rent bicycles you can rent um the surrey bikes the the, the four-seater four-wheel bikes that you, you know, steer with a steering wheel you can uh, you can take those around the resort it's not as flat as it looks just to warn people <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Florida you need to work off what? that oh, french oh, toast so
1: <laughs> yeah you, that's it yeah um but i heard one or two people who said it's that's not as flat as it appeared to be when i set out you know well, um but you've got you've got so many different things that you can you can do. The kids have got a games arcade there. It's probably one of the better ones on property, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, the the arcade um, at uh, Riverside, uh, French Court has another uh, one of its own, slightly smaller. But you've got so many of these facilities um, that you know you, you don't have to be in the theme parks. You've got. Six swimming pools in the one resort, and then another one over at um, uh, French Quarter, which has slides, and, uh, a kiddie play area, or a hot tub. So whilst it's not Snormalong Bay, um, it's it's perfectly fine for you to spend spend
0: time back at your resort and swimming. Absolutely, and I think you can. I think you can spend a full day here, which is why, you know, to to you know, one of my last points, I, I think if you like the Value Resorts and you normally stay at at the Value Resorts, you really should consider if you can. I'm trying to stay at one of the Port Orleans resorts. Uh, I, I think it is so worth the extra money if you can afford to do it. The rooms are bigger. There's so much, so many more amenities. The location is great. Like I said, right by downtown Disney. You, you know, standard rack rates, you're looking at a difference, about $149 for a moderate like Port Orleans, about $89 for a, a value resort. Andre, I assume you you agree with me that if you're able to do it, maybe splurge just a little bit. Um, you'd be very very impressed at what you're going to get at either or both of these resorts
1: yeah you get get so much more for that little extra bit of money that you pay particularly um, you get a completely different environment um, in the way that the resort has been designed and themed and the waterway and the islands and the the vegetation and so on Um, the um, value resorts tend to be bright and brash and traditional in quotes Disney you've got big disney characters in them um you've got um it's mostly concrete um there's very little vegetation there it's it's very very um in-your-face disney um whereas you go to the portalians resorts and you you could be you could walk around for, for 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 half a day and not realize that you were within walt disney world the gift shop obviously has, has its share of Mickey Mouse. But apart from that, you don't feel Disney being pressured upon you. You feel the theme of the resort being put on you, which is, after all, what theming is meant to be about. It's not meant to say, I'm in Disney World. It's meant to say, I'm in the Deep South in... New Orleans on the Mississippi River, wherever the, the particular theme is meant to say, um, and that's one of the things that's so nice about these. As you move up from the, the values, you become a completely different, uh, in a completely different theme and environment.
0: Exactly, and I like you said before. It's along the same line as the experience that you get at some of the deluxe resorts like mm. Wilderness Lodge. You feel like you're in the Pacific Northwest. In Animal Kingdom Lodge, you feel like you are on a real savannah. And I think that's what you get here um, at both French Quarter and at Riverside. So there, there is much, much more. I'm going to, again, direct you, listeners to go over to PortOrleans.org. I'll also put a link in the show notes to Disney's official Port Orleans podcast. Uh, Pages on their website for more information. Andre, thank you again so much for uh, for coming on and joining me. I uh, I owe you a drink at River Roost with, with some Yeehaw Bob next time you're in town.
1: Well, we'll stick to that. Thank you.
0: Thanks and, for asking me. And of course, breakfast over. A book. <laughs> 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 yeah, toast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, my food friend. I really appreciate the it. Food it. Came back in. Uh,
0: you have to. You got to. start off and end off with food as always. So, <laughs> cheers, my friend. Thank you again. Thank you. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks also to Andre Willie for joining me this week. His site is portorleans.org, and I encourage you to visit. There's a lot more there about the resort that we didn't even get to cover in this segment. Also, Andre asked that if anybody wants to help him with the research into the Port Orleans French Quarter side of the backstory, and or if anybody has any of the early Sasagula Times issues from the original Port Orleans So if he can see if there's more story there, please email him at admin at portorleans.org or go ahead and go visit his site. Again, that's portorleans.org. Thanks, too, to everybody who called in this week and emailed the show. Speaking of emails, I promise to get to your emails soon. I'm sorry that I have not gotten a chance to do your emails on the show. I promise they are coming in the next few weeks. Also, I apologize that there was no news this week. I did have to record and produce the show very, very early on because I was leaving to go down to Walt Disney World for Mouse Fest, but I promise, as soon as I come back, we'll pick up the news once again. Last couple of quick reminders don't forget that my 2009 Walt Disney World Trivia Page a Day calendar is still available on sale at the shop at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. It is just $7. There's only a limited supply of these left, so once they are gone, they're gone. They make great holiday gifts and stocking stuffers. Again, you can pick those up, as well as my books and CDs, at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. You can also subscribe to or get back issues of Celebrations Magazine over at CelebrationsPress.com. Issue 2 is out, and if you're a subscriber, it should be arriving in your inbox any day. If not, if you want to check it out, you can order individual issues or subscribe right from the website and hey if you want to contribute to the magazine whether it's a photo a story a letter to the editor or even an article suggestion by all means please email me and speaking of emails if you have a question that you want read on the air you can email me at lou at ww.radio.com. or if you want to be on the air yourself you can call the new toll-free voicemail line at 1-888-703-2171 you know i love hearing from you whether it's a question a comment and especially when you guys call in from the park's also be sure and come by and friend me up over on Facebook. It's free to join. And we also have fan groups for the show as well as Celebrations Magazine. You can find direct links to the groups as well as to my profile page in this week's show notes. Also, if you're not following me on Twitter, go to twitter.com slash I post updates there all the time. You can get them sent via email on your cell phone or from the Twitter website. When I'm down in the parks, I also love playing these where-in-the-world games, where I'll take pictures of something or someplace in Walt Disney World, ask you guys to identify exactly where I am. It's a lot of fun, and again, too, Twitter is free as well. Please be sure and stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. I've got some exciting things coming up for the show, some exciting segments I'm really looking forward to. And if you're a new listener, please go back, check out some of the old shows. You can find them right in the show directory from the WDW Radio Show website, Finally, I want to ask you again, we're approaching Show 100. We're asking for your help to try and reach 100% of our fundraising goal for the Dream Team Project. We're about $42,000 now, trying to reach $45,000. So we're really, really close by Show 100. We're down to our last three shows. So again, anything you guys can do, all that money goes through First Giving, right to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And finally, to comment on, talk about the show Please come by the forums at disneyworldtrivia.com. There's a WDW Radio Show forum right in there. There's also lots of different discussions going on. There's more than thirty thousand members in our very fun, very friendly community. So I invite you to come by and please say hi. And of course, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let other people know about it whenever and wherever you can. And of course, everybody, thanks so much for joining me this week. I really do appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show once again. You know I have a blast doing this each and every week for you and with you. I consider myself so fortunate to be able to share something that I love and am so passionate about with you guys each and every week. So thank you once again. Hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. Remember to always keep moving forward. So until next time, I'll see ya. And last but certainly not least, Big, big, big happy birthday goes out to my wife, Deanna. Happy 29th birthday again. Thank you for being who you are and for being so supportive. I could never do this show each and every week without your support. And and the world is a better place because you're in it. So happy birthday to you.
2: Hi, Leo. This is Marissa from Moxville, North Carolina. My husband, Chris, and I are in Disney World right now. We checked into Pop Century yesterday. We've had a great time so far. The weather has been spectacular. The parks have been a little bit more crowded than we were expecting, but uh, the lines were very manageable. Um, I just finished uh, dinner with the family at Boma and uh, enjoyed one of my favorite dishes um, that the world has to offer, which is the chicken and corn porridge and uh, we still have three more days left so uh i just wanted to check in and tell you we're having a great time utilizing a lot of the tips we've gotten from your show and i um, sorry that uh, we're here this week and not uh next week when mouse is going on would have loved to have gone to some of the meets but uh, there's always next year but uh that's it for now so long thanks lou hi lou this is uh, chad from the bronx uh, fun to be free on the forums and one of your Facebook friends. Um, I'll try not to be long-winded. It's a two-parter. One is that just re- just heard uh, episode 92, and I heard a little uh, thing that you said about um, dropping your rental car off at the Alamo uh, Car Care Center and not knowing, not knowing how to get anywhere from there. Just in case you didn't know or listeners didn't know that they have a um, shuttle there that will take you anywhere in the property, uh, if you need to. I ran into this when I was bringing my uh, national rented car, which also you can drop there. Uh was coming in late Saturday night after it closed, and I didn't know what to do Sunday morning uh, with the car. I wanted to get rid of it as soon as possible, but I also wanted to get to the parks, um, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and I found out that they will take you wherever you want. So we had our breakfast at the Wilderness Lodge, brought the car over right to the car care center, and the... Uh, Shuttle took me and my family straight to the front door at Epcot. And it was a great way to start the day. We might have even beat uh the bus if we would have taken the bus that way. Just to let you know that. Number two is um I've been listening to your program for almost a year now. I just got into the Disney online and Disney podcast community last December when I got my uh iPod for a gift. Um, and I just wanna let you know, listening back to some of your old shows, um, there is a little bit of bittersweetness that I've been hearing. Um, I am a big-time, old-time Epcot fan. I went to Epcot yearly in the 80s, starting from February 83 when Epcot was just a baby. And I truly miss those old days. And listening to the celebration 25 years um, back in October of last year, I really wish I could have been a part of that. Um, your shows were terrific. It's great to listen to all of that. Uh, my all time favorite show of yours is the interview of the old Dreamfinder. Um, but there is always a, pin- a tinge in my conscience, a little pain in my chest, when I feel like I really should have been there. And that was the taste of old Epcot that I probably will never get to see again. Um, but your show was the closest thing that I had. And. Uh, I appreciate all of those shows around October of 2007, uh, all leading up to that, and your your uh, accounts of what happened at the actual celebration. Wanted to thank you for that, and want to thank you for everything that you do, especially anything old Epcot, and just keep that one little spark. Thanks a lot, Lou. I'll see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Ariel from New Jersey. Just wanted to say that I am calling from the Magic Kingdom right now, and I'm having the time of my life. And I told my family about how wonderful Pecos Bill was, since you told us about it. And we're eating here right now. And let me tell you, that was the best burger I've ever had in my entire life. Well, keep up the good work, and um, keep us updated with everything. Okay, bye. Hey Lou, this is uh, John Beal from Zinesville, Indiana calling um once again um saying that i just happened to sign up for the mini marathon just now and you know i was a bit hesitant to do it but i was like you know what lou Mangello did the mini marathon so you know what maybe i'll do it so you know he inspired me so unfortunately it's not in disney world but it's it's in indianapolis and it's definitely going to be pretty intense but you know what he did it so i think i can do it too All right, bye. Hey, Lou, this is Lou. I'm calling from Walt Disney World. Um, I'm at the Old Canada Pavilion, the 360 presentation, Um, and just want to let you know that the attraction is working, but the falls are not. The falls out front are dry. They're doing a little bit of maintenance on them and uh, getting caught up on that. So just want to let you know. Um, Having fun. It is December 3rd. Talk to you later. Bye. On behalf of our entire flight crew, Thanks
0: for soaring
2: with us.